Captain DeBridge. Spock here. Make it so. Surrender is not an option. Attention crew of the Enterprise, this is James Kirk. We are all explorers, driven to know what's over the horizon, what's beyond our own shores. We would have helped you get home if you had asked. That's who Starfleet is. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to a special patron-only episode of The Secrets of Star Trek. Joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? Very well, thanks. And Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. Folks, uh, as you know, CBS All Access recently launched the new animated Star Trek series called Star Trek Lower Decks. As a special benefit to patrons, we're discussing our first impressions of each episode of the first season and sharing them exclusively first with you, our patrons. And the latest episode that has been released is called Moist Vessels. So Moist Moist Vessel, which moist vessel. is singular. Which is, yeah. yeah, which doesn't make much sense, but it makes about as much sense as a lot of the Discovery titles. So. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Actually, this you could kind of argue with the whole fluid thing that we're going to be talking about so yes. you can kind of fit it in but yeah yeah so this the the, uh, the plot is the cerritos is uh along with another ship uh which is another california place uh the merced merced that's right merced california uh latin the, for reward <laughs> they are uh at a generation shift a ship that's been adrift for ever centuries or something never reached its destination it has a crew that's died in suspended animation i guess they're yeah. mummified well they're I, I don't know that they're actually dead hmm. uh they, um, they i thought they basically said that it, they, yes. the cryo bins had died it hmm. failed and so they're all mummified in there right the captain's okay. locker the crew adrift for centuries mummified and disabled cryo units so uh that means the ship is fair game for salvage for starfleet that wants their unique biotechnology, this molecular fluid, which generates life from inorganic material. It's called axonite. I'm just kidding. (laughs) 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 But if the the fluid will transform any or inorganic material into organic material uh, for the purpose of terraforming. And so uh, the the Merced is another uh, California class ship, just like the Cerritos. Her captain is a Tellarite that uh, Captain uh, Freeman knows from you know from ages ago when they served together uh there's a briefing for the senior crew and mariner is there i guess she's like delivering pads and coffee uh she keeps yawning at at the big information dump, which i think is hysterical because you know that's the like these big staff meetings that they always had on tng where there's like it's all this information dump but i always picture someone in the back going uh couldn't this been done in a, in like a powerpoint <laughs> some instance standing in the corner by the coffee machine going why am i here <laughs> right couldn't you just send out a memo uh so <laughs> oh and now that now that i think about it merced is actually spanish for mercy, mercy. i was thinking mercedes in latin oh right right um uh, so w- remember mariner is freeman's daughter but i don't think anyone on the ship or most people on the ship know that it's like a it's like a little secret and, They've never made explicit like that she's even told her number one or anybody like that. Right, right. And it's it's implied that nobody knows. Uh, hmm. So she calls her into her office and uh, she, you know, gives her a, 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 a dressing down uh, because she's been being um, 
disrespectful, disrespectful in front of others. Right. And the Tellerite captain was very like, uh, is this how you run your ship? And uh, so uh, Mariner leaves by giving the uh, a sarcastic Vulcan salute, which uh, <laughs> yeah. the captain doesn't like. Leading to one of the greatest audio clips that I've been waiting for, which we will hear right now. Don't you give me that sarcastic Vulcan salute. Beg it! So the uh, the captain decides that she, she's trying to get Mariner to ask for a transfer off her her daughter Beckett uh, to, to get a transfer off, and so she's going to give her all the, like this is a another trope uh, from from reverse a, psychology. Reverse she's going to yep. give her all the worst jobs to make her on the ship to make her want a transfer. Right, and it's, it's interesting to see a reverse psychology plot in this day and age they used to be really common mm-hmm. and, i mean i remember back in the 70s and i think even 80s and also in the 60s there were all these reverse psychology plots in sitcoms right yeah. right yeah you don't yeah it's well it's been done to death i think is part of the reason <laughs> meanwhile so the b plot here is tendy she's the uh, orion science uh junior officer who she and who wants everyone to like her uh, she's been invited to attend this crewman's ascension ceremony. And so they go into this whole thing of like kind of playing off this whole, like, this whole trope in Star Trek about all these creatures who are always ascending to a higher plane of being by shedding their corporeal existence and becoming pure spirit or thought or whatever. Pure, pure, oh, no, 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 no. Pure energy. Pure energy. Right? It's like, yep. do you know what matter is made of? <laughs> it's it's <Yeah>. energy. <laughs> <laughs> And it's not like an alien. He's a human, but he's like a, a figuring out some way to ascend to pure energy. Uh, which, so, which, so we're told. Is, it, which raises all kinds of personnel questions with regard to Starfleet. Wait, you're yeah. on a mission and you're planning on ascending in the middle of the mission. Right. And you, what, what about your obligation to Starfleet? You're serving out your time. Who's going to take over your job? So anyway, uh, <laughs> te- no matter, Tendi ruins his ceremony by, you know, tripping over his mandala that he took years to create. and uh, Sand mandala. Sand mandala, yes. <laughs> but, that, but that's all right. She replicates more and piles it up. And, you know, that, that should be fine, right? <laughs> right. So uh, meanwhile, Mariner is on holodeck waste removal duty. I like that one. Uh, tur- turbolift lubing and carbon filter cleaning. She has to clean the carbon off the carbon filters. Well, I, love, I love the holodeck where where the uh, officer, the uh, tactical officer, just rips the incident work sign and immediately sends the holodeck oh, going the, while she's on top of it. Yeah, yeah. turbolift, excuse me, while she's on top of it. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, and someone asks, well, what is holodeck waste? And then we have this, he explains it while his voice is obscured. So they imply it's something unmentionable gross oh yeah yeah, and not just normally unmentionable unmentionable but really unmentionable because the captain then follows up with people use it for that yeah it's mostly that right (laughs) so so yeah but mariner finds ways to inject joy and fun into her jobs and in fact she ends up with the, the, the carbon filter cleaning she turns into a competition uh at the end so the the captain decides to use reverse reverse psychology, which is to promote her into uh, you know to a lieutenant and senior staff, I guess, to get yeah, her because, to get her quit. Because the the one thing that she, that she knows Mariner hates most of all is the officers. Right. So she makes her an officer. So now she gets to sit in on all the boring officer meetings. Yes, she like, becomes middle out the office chairs. <laughs> right. Right. 
yeah, yeah, and other boring junior management type stuff. Uh, so she's been promoted to middle management, essentially. Uh, Tendi is, meanwhile, is trying to get the guy whose ascension she ruined uh, by to like her again by stalking him with all kinds of religious traditions, uh, and she she's obsessed to help him ascend. Yes, she's obsessed when someone doesn't like her, and she knows now that this guy doesn't like her. So that's that's her thing. And as she's stalking him around at one point, she's wearing like a Tibetan cap and banging yep. on this drum and chanting in Latin. <laughs> yes. It's like, I mean, it's Utaque secularum <laughs> lapsu. And it's like, that's actual Latin. <laughs> that is, it, 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 it I mean, you can, yeah, no, no, it's, no, it's oh, not. It? Well, it's, I thought it, it was just words they strung together. No, it would mean, I mean, you can translate it different ways, but it's something like, and indeed, in the ages from the fall, <laughs> and 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 it's actually they they got it out of a book that was published in 1906, the Graduale Sacrosancte Romane Ecclesiae. It's a book on the Roman gradual, <laughs> but it's not an actual chant. It's like a lo- the first three words of of a paragraph in the preface. <laughs> so she's it's, the actual sentence is talking about how Gregorian chant has developed over time. And she's, she's chanting the first three words of a sentence about the history of Gregorian <laughs> chant. So basically the writer Googled Gregorian chant Latin. <laughs> yeah. And took and the first thing they found. This. <laughs> I'll give him credit for at least doing that, going that far. Yeah. But you know, that makes it all the more fun that it's like not even chanting like a real chant. <laughs> Yeah. Like a part of the Roman Missal or something. It's, it's just a book about a Ro- part of the Roman Missal. <laughs> yep. So, and it's right there on Google Books if you Google it. That's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, Boimler, meanwhile, who has taken the wrong lesson from Mariner's uh, promotion, because like remember, she's she's the one who's least likely to be promoted because she just blows off all Starfleet protocol, and she gets promoted. And so he thinks, okay, so the way to get promoted is to break all the rules. So he decides I'm going to start breaking all the rules. Meanwhile, we've got this generation ship that's this ancient ship that they're tractoring together with this other ship, tractor beaming. And the other ship, the the Merced, goes, something goes wrong. They're trying to be too competitive with Cerritos and they get too close and whatever. It doesn't really matter. Something goes wrong. And the terraforming fluid ends up hitting the ships and the ships started getting terraformed and transformed into organic material. Mariner and Captain Freeman, daughter and mother, that we have this extended sequence of them trying to get from the bridge to a transporter, I think, somewhere. Environmental control? Something like that. Doesn't really Something matter. Something like that. Yeah. But we've seen this trope before Gilgamesh and Enkidu at Uruk. <laughs> First they battle and then be- they become friends. Yes. Well, I can't, you can't say become friends. It's more like mother and daughter come to an understanding. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. There's this whole time where the mother is like, um, nitpicking, critiquing everything she does. Do you think you should be holding that that vine in just such that way? Should you maybe go a little slower? Yeah, like she's like <laughs> completely nitpicking everything. You you need a stronger rock. Yeah, right, you right. Know, a sharper hitting, rock. Hitting that with a stronger rock. So Mariner confronts her mom about treating her like a child, and then saves the ship. And her mom respects, finally respects her. Uh, tend- oh, and it's, and it's it's mutual because um, yep. uh, at one point. Mariner is saying, okay, what we need to do is this. And she spouts some techno babble. And her mom is like, that's exactly what I was going to say. Right. Yeah. I'm impressed. 
you and you read my mission briefing. It's like, oh no, I did well a little. Well, just ironically, so I could make fun of you. <laughs> so, so it really, she is taking some of her mom's advice. Yeah. So it's it's a mutual. It's not that just that Mariner proves herself to her mom. Mom also has kind of proved herself to Mariner. You know, right. it's funny because it, it feels like a lot of what Mariner is doing is a facade. Like she really is capable. Mm -hmm. She really is doing the things, but she's putting up this facade of the, yeah. I want to like everyone to perceive me as the, the, the officer that doesn't care. Uh, well, but things. you kind of see that right from the beginning of the, the series where yeah. she wants to take over as Boimler's, you know, uh, guide, his mentor, <laughs> mentor. You know, and you kind of see that where she actually does care about Starfleet and all this other stuff. She's just different. Yeah, she's immature enough to want people to think that she's a rebel and she's not. Yep. So Tendi, meanwhile, um, she ends up like the, the that other crewman is really mad at her. And she, it turns out he intended her to mess up his ascension ceremony because he really didn't think he could ascend. That it was all a, a, a uh, he wanted to have a thing that people knew him for. And so he became the ascension guy. But then he knew he had to put up or <laughs> shut up. It's like someone pretending to have a like a, a terminal illness. And then at some point right. you actually have to, you know, die from it. And so he's like, yeah, so I had to have a ceremony. And then you had I had to have you ruin it so that uh, I could blame it on you that it didn't happen. But then he ends up getting. <laughs> And she realizes that, oh, that means he just really wants people to like him, too. Yes. And so he's just as insecure as she is. And so she bonds with him over that. Right. But meanwhile, he gets like pinned under a giant boulder in the process of uh, saving her life. Um, After she saved his. So they've now mm -hmm. saved each other. Yes. But uh, that act then makes him, I don't know, pure enough to ascend. And so he starts ascending which is unexpected for real. for real. Yeah. And then he finds out that it's horrible and terrible and painful process. And I don't want to do this anymore. And why is the, the universe is built on the back of a giant koala or something like that? Why yeah, is he smiling? smiling? What does it know? <laughs> <laughs> it was, that was actually a pretty funny sequence. I, I, I thought that yeah. was funny. Um, and then to end it all, we have to put all our characters back where they all started, of course. And so Beckett gets herself more or less. More or I less. think there is actual character development. Right, happening. right, right. But as yeah. far as um, the, the the they have to the remain ranks. lower decks, right? Yeah. Yep. So she gets herself demoted by making fun of an admiral's accent because he says, "Oh, this is great." Yeah. yeah. So this admiral shows up, and it's not just his accent; it's his idiolect. Yes. Um, yep. his own personal way of speaking. He pronounces censors as censors. <laughs> and and to go along, uh, the captain starts pronouncing them censors too, and Mariner calls her out on it. There's nobody... Nobody says censors. Come on, and 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 eventually, and she's she's mocking this, and eventually the admiral says, "Are you making fun of me?" Yeah. <laughs> when you know I mispronounce things, and this is right after getting pinned on you a medal for yeah. for a good job and everything, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, and then that's you know where we go. Bo Boimler eventually notices Mariner back in there you know the the bunks instead of having her yeah. uh, her own room and uh she's uh she got demoted and he gets flustered because i'm always trying to get promoted and you got there and got demoted and it drives him crazy so uh and that's where we end things up so uh any thoughts any other thoughts about this episode father no, Corey? no this is this this was a fun one though i i i'm, I'm sorry i'm really this this series is really growing on me yeah i, I was kind of mm -hmm. as I, I posted on, on twitter yesterday it's like i was kind of meh about it 
at the beginning, but I, I, it's really growing on. I, I enjoyed this. Yeah. One of the things I like about it is because it's animation, they have essentially an unlimited special effects budget. Yep. Now, CGI technology has taken some of the edge off of that, but it's still true. You can do more in an animated series than you can do with CGI. So like having this dramatically different environment where the ships are turning into organic jungles and stuff yep. is happening really fast and different types of landscapes. I mean, there's one moment where Tendi is like, oh, that glorious coral, you know, <laughs> yes. that yep. suddenly sprouted. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. Also, I like after the, um, and Boiler's not in this episode much. It's really Mariner centric, yep. Mariner yeah. and Tendi. But uh, Boimler, uh, at one point, is leaving, well, initially, as Mariner is leaving after doing the sarcastic Vulcan salute, she's she's actually doing it with both hands and kind of waving them horizontally above, and, uh, one high, one low, and <laughs> yeah. switching them up. And so it kind of looks a little bit like Adam West's bat Tusi dance. <laughs> and, and later when Boimler is leaving Mariner in the hallway, he starts doing the same hand signal. And she's like, that is not cool when you do that sarcastic Vulcan salute. And then after he's gone, it's like, yes, it is. <laughs> Actually, it kind of is. It's kind of like these, like they're doing a gang symbols. Is there, yeah. So, yeah. Well, one thing I forgot to, forgot to mention, um, they they really poke at you know how the the reset at the end of every episode you know like Voyager was yeah. bad about this where the ship would get beat to heck and the next episode it looks like it just came right out of dry dock right well when they cleared up all the organic inorganic to organic goo and the ship went back it went back to like there was absolutely not a flaw in it yeah, right it's not like you know not not a mark on the walls not a mark on the hole nothing yes exactly every episode. It, it, at least they showed people cleaning it up, which yeah. they don't the do on yeah. Voyager. Right. We never see repairs. Speaking of Voyager in the year of hell, is 2020, can we reset 2020 like at some point? Like a yeah. like year of hell? Well, can, well, can, we, can we find the the, the, the uh, time ship that, so that we can blow it up and yeah. reset the year? Yeah, I, I would appreciate that. Thank you. Anyway, all right. So uh, that that's about does it for uh, Moist Vessel. Uh, what do you think of this this episode, Moist Vessel? You can let us know by visiting this post on Patreon and leaving us some feedback, or send an email to trek at sqpn.com. You can always subscribe to the Secrets of Star Trek by visiting sqpn.com/trek. And until next time, Jimmy Aiken, thank you for joining me and sharing the Secrets of Star Trek. Okay, cool. Live long and prosper. Hey, don't you give me that sarcastic Vulcan salute. <laughs> Father Koistika, thank you as well. Thank you, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Trek on StarQuest.